When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Call 877-GO-LATHAM. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, I hope you got all the sensitive vegetation in before the weekend hit, five minutes after five o'clock on a Monday morning. This weather is going to be what everybody's talking about this week. If you're headed up to the Packer game tonight, you are going to have to dress appropriately. Tonight, it looks like we'll be back down into the 30s. Daytime highs today, 47 under sunny skies, but it's still going to be cool. Tomorrow will bounce up to about 50 degrees, but still another chance of showers back in the forecast. Wednesday, cloudy skies and cool again, 49. So uh, a little bit better maybe than what we had over the weekend, but definitely not what you'd expect for mid-October around Wisconsin. Maybe we'll talk more about that with Stu Mocker, Ag Meteorologist. He joins us about 15 minutes from right now. Up before 6 o'clock, Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, how are your checkoff dollars being spent on your behalf? Talk with Beth Schaefer in studio with us this morning about the grassroots efforts they support everything from your dairy breakfast on the county level through to 4-H and FFA activities. She's in studio with us before six and the president took time out of his uh, campaign stops across the United States to wish uh, farmers across the countryside a safe harvest. Try to bring you all that conversation after 5:30. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals and expand your possibilities. We know how challenging and rewarding farming and this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. No one enjoys seeing you succeed more than we do. Because we're more than financial experts. We're your neighbors. Count on us to be a financial partner dedicated to and active in the community. Because it's our community, too. At Compere Financial, we don't just champion this way of life. We live it. That's why we have such passion for helping the ag and rural community make dreams come true. So whether you're just starting out or on your way to building a legacy, we're here for you. As proud partners of the pork industry, we join you in celebrating National Pork Month in October. Learn more at Compeer.com. Trademarks of Compeer Financial, an equal credit opportunity lender. At World Dairy Expo, not only do you get to see a lot of just gorgeous cows, but you also get to meet a lot of people who've had a major impact on the dairy industry overall. This is Reba McClone from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, and one of those honorees you were able to catch up with, Bob. Absolutely, Reba. That's Randy Shaver, dairy nutritionist at the University of Wisconsin Extension for many, many years there in Madison. And Randy was honored as the Industry Person of the Year this year at World Dairy Expo. We caught up with uh, Randy to talk about his work over the years and what he's tried to do to help dairy farmers and their dairy cattle. And he told us he's grateful that people in the industry appreciate his work over the life of his career at Madison. It's kind of ironic that it all came came to be uh, this particular year. I was retiring this year in July, and uh, back in uh, February, I think, my colleague Paul Fricky in the Dairy Science Department said, uh, we'd like to put you up for this award. And I uh, put in the nomination. I certainly didn't expect to receive it, and I did. So it's very ironic that it all happened uh, in this particular year. And really and truly so well deserved because industry person of the year, dairy industry of the person of the year, not Wisconsin dairy industry, because uh, you had a career that's really scanned the world as far as dairy nutrition. 
I can't imagine the places uh, you've been to speak and the different dairy farmers you talk to. Well, I was lucky enough to pick the right topic at the right time, and uh, you don't really go anywhere where there's dairy cows and not find corn silage, and you seldom find corn silage with a lot of cows around, so uh, I picked that topic, and I really devoted my career both in graduate school and then throughout my faculty career focused on improving corn silage, and that got me invited to a lot of places around the U.S. and around the world, and uh, yeah, it's been, been a lot of fun, and it's really that uh, kind of cooperation with industry that's been the most fun. Uh, it was kind of the right topic for the dairy farmers and then we had the nutritionists and the seed companies and, and even the equipment companies, just a lot of interest in, in that topic and I happened to be kind of right in the middle of it. And this was a topic, obviously, over the years that hasn't been static. You mentioned the equipment, you mentioned the seeds, the nutritionists. What was the uh, thought about dairy silage, corn silage as a part of the dairy ration when you started. How valuable was it and what did it contribute? Well, that's kind of an interesting story. I grew up on the East Coast in uh, Pennsylvania and growing up we always fed a lot of corn silage. It was kind of the staple of our, our dairy diet and really where I got my original interest. And uh, then I did my uh, uh, graduate degree at Penn State and master's degree at University of Maryland or my undergraduate at Penn State and a lot of focus on corn silage. And when I moved here to Wisconsin to do my doctoral degree, um, it was an alfalfa state at the time. There was a lot of corn growing, but we chopped our best, our worst fields for corn silage and fed that to heifers or dry cows. And a lot of alfalfa silage and, and just not a lot of corn silage. And so uh, I looked at that and said, boy, that's different, and I uh, wanted to see what I could learn. And then about that time, as I came on the faculty, the industry here was going through a lot of transition uh, to, to larger herds, and there's a real interest on uh, efficiency of harvest. And with corn, you plant it once and you harvest it once, and harvest usually happens within about a two-week two period versus alfalfa or grass where you're harvesting three or four, even five times a year. And then the yield in a single pass you're taking both the stock which is the forage and then you're taking the grain and so your yield is much higher and so just logically as this industry was transitioning there was a real focus on how do we improve the feeding and make it more efficient and how do we capture more yield as because we're running more cows on these farms and so it just kind of all fell into place for me. As uh, we've seen the difference in genetics, uh, you know, the low lignin and the brown midrib and all these other things. For you as a researcher, it was, I guess, I'm never going to run out of work, I guess, just trying to find new ways to make this work in the dairy herd. So you've had to adapt. I mean, over the years, the research has, uh, has really had to keep up with where we needed to be in this dairy industry with these modern dairy cows. Yeah, right. I mean, the, the cow obviously drives the bus, so to speak, and we've got better genetics and, and higher production cows, and we need cow health, and so it focuses on improving the quality of our feeds. Uh, with corn silage, there's been a real focus uh, of the industry. Uh, you mentioned the hybrids, just a lot of different seed companies trying to improve and get better, and we were able to work in that area. Uh, the folks making the forage harvesters, uh, how do we process kernels better, how do we get the right length of chop, uh, the management side that so many 
crop consultants and nutritionists and county agents are focused on harvesting at the right stage of maturity. So yeah, it's been a continual um, evolvement of, of the uh, technology and, and the practices that go in. And, and you try to hopefully pick the ones that are going to have the most impact and concentrate there. Uh, I had the, the really nice position of working not just in research on campus, but also having a very heavy extension appointment. And what that means is getting off campus and uh, trying to get information out to the industry, not just farmers, but also their support professionals, and then try to bring information back to campus and other campuses really around the country that work uh, in dairy cattle uh, research and nutrition research. And so I think it was that position that the extension research position that allowed me to have uh, an impact because I was uh, out amongst the industry and able to develop those relationships and really we got everyone kind of pulling together of uh, how do we improve corn silage for dairy cattle and it was multifaceted and and so many pieces play into that and it was kind of fun to be again kind of right in the middle of that storm. And you were right in the middle of it. As you look at uh, what we've seen in the advances of feeding corn silage and your research, what were some of the major changes or major advancements that we've seen over the years? Well, some of it was just simple management. We had a tendency here in the Midwest to harvest too dry, and some of that comes from kind of a, not a real focus on high-quality corn silage, and so that was a big advancement was just getting people to chop at the proper stage of maturity so that you had high digestibility of both that stover as well as the kernel. Um, then um, processing corn silage, that wasn't here in North America. It started in Europe, and it finally came here in only the 90s and just a lot of improvements in that by all the equipment companies. Um, the inoculants have, have had an impact. Uh, we've moved away from kind of the front end, how do we make silage ferment faster, to the back end of how do, how do we get it to be more stable uh, once we take it out of the silo, which had been a big problem for corn silage. Um, so that that was a major, major advancement. Um, and then this hybrid area that you mentioned, uh, improving uh, the digestibility of the NDF, the fiber, uh, as well as focusing uh, on, on that kernel and the starch, allowing us to capture capture more, more energy. Maybe a current events question here with uh, the situation we're in with this corn this year. What kind of advice do you have? There's a lot of corn that's awfully green yet as far as corn silage. About 5% has come off around the state, but uh, this is going to be a challenge. What kind of feeding cautions do you have for the farmers this year? Well, after the many uh, many inches of rain that we got yesterday around a lot of the state, um, I think we've got a little time to step back and think about it before we have to get in the field. But uh, something that goes way back to uh, when I was a kid that I learned from my father and something that I've seen throughout my career is once you have a killing frost, and there's a lot of moisture in that ear, uh, it really doesn't dry down, it molds. And so you've got some time to let that green corn mature. But once we get a killing moisture trapped in that ear, you... I'm a dairy nutritionist for many years at the University of Wisconsin and out around the country with his extension uh, charter. Your position, is it going to be filled? 
Yes, uh, that's the good news. The uh, Dairy Science Department has got approval to fill several positions, some of which have been filled. Uh, they've already interviewed several candidates for my position, and hopefully they'll be making an offer and we'll get that filled here in, in uh, subsequent months. Um, the focus will be on dairy cattle nutrition, whether it's on forages or whether it's on corn silage. That's really up for that faculty member to decide and survey the industry and look at what the needs are now and certainly out into the future and then uh, kind of figure out where to aim the guns and, and get to work. But uh, the good news is, yes, there will be uh, a person uh, in that dairy cattle nutrition applied research extension position uh, for years to come, it looks like. So in retirement, how far are you stepping away from the industry? Or are you still going to be uh, visible at some events? Uh, very, very little, hopefully. Uh, I, I hope to stay involved uh, with... Uh, some consulting, but more behind the scenes and working uh, in more of the research area and uh, maybe assisting others with the work that they're doing in the field. But I think I've uh, run the ridges quite a bit, so to speak, uh, in the extension area and giving talks, and uh, uh, we'll let, let that to others, but I, I really love the, uh, the dairy industry and, and the cows and the corn, so to speak, and so I hope to be involved in some aspect, but uh, really not in a visible type manner. Well, on behalf of the uh, farmers that uh, you have really steered in the right direction with this uh, dairy nutrition program that you've established at the University of Wisconsin, we thank you for all your efforts, and uh, not only your efforts, but being able to share it so uh, succinctly with dairy farmers so they could uh, take it home and make it work. Well, thanks, Bob. I really appreciate the comments. It's been certainly a fun-filled career, and uh, it's amazing to me how quickly it went by. Yeah, you came after I did, and you're leaving before I am. Dr. Randy Shaver, again, retired dairy nutritionist, University of Wisconsin, the industry person of the year this year at World Dairy Expo in Madison. I'm Bob Bosold. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Thank you to everybody that made it to our free travel show. It looks like you want to join me in Panama and Costa Rica to kick off the new calendar year. Pam Yankee here. Our next farm adventure, January 4th through the 13th, we're visiting Costa Rica and Panama. You want to come along? We've got a brand new tool for you to be able to learn more about the trip. All you need to do is jump online, holidayvacations.com, enter keyword Pam, and they've got special online video presentations to show you some of the sites that we'll be enjoying on the trip. And that includes, of course, Doka Coffee. We'll visit Corso Dairy and learn a little bit about agriculture in Costa Rica. There's Arnal Volcano National Park, Monteverde Cloud Forest Reserve. Then it's on to Panama, where we'll not only enjoy a full transit on the Panama Canal, but we'll also get a chance to visit with the indigenous population that still make that region their home. Call Holiday Vacations toll-free, 800-826-2266, and join me on this Costa Rica-Panama trip. It's 3 a.m. Your home is freezing. No, it's not your furnace. It's your empty propane tank that your provider forgot to fill. Don't let this become your reality. Contact the propane experts at Insight FS. Ask them about their tank monitoring program that gives you 24-7 access to your tank levels. Insight FS also offers convenient contracting or budget billing programs. Don't get left in the cold. Let Insight FS bring the heat. Visit InsightFS.com for a propane expert near you. 
Just moo it. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 520 on a Monday morning and time to find out what's coming our way weather-wise. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. I got to ask you, buddy. I mean, I know that we've seen squalls that have come across Wisconsin. Folks in La Crosse uh, had that snow on Friday. But isn't this awfully early for this kind of a cool stretch to hit us? That's a hard one to explain, Pam, although it's not unusual, it's not normal. How about that? In fact, in our distant memories, you and I know we've talked about it. I remember on October 10th, quite a few years ago, where we had a big snowstorm. So, you know, we got by okay, a little light snow around west and up in the north, rain otherwise. Talked about normal, though, right around 60 degrees. That's a normal high right now, about 40. That's a normal nighttime low. We'll struggle to crawl back up to that more normal level here by the end of the week. So unusual, yes, out of the ordinary, but it's happened before. It's not the first time we've had to deal with this. How about that? Now, we do have high pressure building into the Midwest today. A little better chance we'll enjoy some sunshine. Sure, frosty start. The frost advisory till 9 a.m., anywhere from Madison and up toward Fond du Lac in Oshkosh, not quite at Mauston, Sauk County. Sauk and Columbia still under that frost advisory, but that's the west and north line. Otherwise, I'd expect some sunshine. That's awesome. But a small load zips in out of the northwest, travels down into northern Minnesota, northern Wisconsin. We'll extend a little weak cool front our way, and because of that, we'll have to mention a rain chance later tonight or into the day Tuesday. A tenth of an inch or two should be about the worst there is to it, but we'll have some of that rain around. Of course, with the cloudy skies, the frost element taken out by later tonight or on into Tuesday or Tuesday night but we do cool just a bit behind that cool front. That'll be around for Wednesday and then we slowly start to warm it up again by the end of the week. A little unsteady condition around late Friday into Saturday. I expect another possibility for at least some scattered showers to build back in. Keeping that damp situation in store. Field work has been a bear. It's not going to get a whole lot better here even as we head on into this week. I'll have our forecast right after this. One of the area's top producers of fresh produce continues to grow. Gums Farms is now hiring for their packing shed and field. These are seasonal, full-time, with potential full-year-round employment. If you have a passion for agriculture and want to learn from a locally-owned and seasoned producer, visit gumsfarmswi.com for an application. Gums Farms is looking for forklift operators and stackers. Find out more. Visit gumsfarmswi.com. Gums Farms. Growing for the future. Today, after a frosty start in the east and south, I'd expect mostly sunny skies to develop. We ought to be right up around 50 or so with a west wind at 5. Partly cloudy early clouds develop, even a bit of a rain chance late, dropping down to the upper 30s. South winds at 5. Mostly cloudy Tuesday. Showers could be thunderstorms in the morning. A little light rain may linger in the day. A tenth of an inch or two will be at 57. Still mostly cloudy cooler come Wednesday. In fact, I expect Wednesday's high at about 50. The northwest winds will be here at about 5 to 15, gusting to 30. Going to keep that chilly effect in store. Nonetheless, the breeze helps to dry things out, even if it is kind of limited. At least it does offer up some drying. Certainly that can be put to good use in farm fields with harvest underway. You know, maybe a little less scraping mud off the road would be in order if it were to dry out somewhat. We'll have to take advantage of it later this week, Pan. Although it does stay cooler, of course, I do expect several dry days. Most likely not till late Friday we get rain. Well, one thing you can say about this weather, Stu, is at least it knocks back the mosquitoes and flies pretty quick, doesn't it? Thank you. Talk to you tomorrow. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, with the weather details you're looking for on a Monday morning. Crisp as it may be. Coming up after 5.30, the president wishes farmers a safe harvest and talks a little bit more on 
how the trade negotiations are going. That's after 5.30. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. What do you think? We're going to have rain. We're going to have snow. We're going to have decent ground for the fall harvest. Whatever you're going to face, be ready for it. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee here from my buddies at McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City, just off Highway 12. Real easy to find. And I'll tell you what, when you make your way into McFarland's where everything's all under one roof, if you're looking for assistance when it comes to the harvest, walk straight through the store back to the farm department. That's where the boys will be able to help you out. Whether it's a part that you need to make sure something's going to run smoothly or you're looking at new or used farm equipment, they're there to help you out. Remember, they specialize in the Agco product lines. They've got Massey's. They've got Kubotas. Whatever you're looking at, the staff at McFarland's can help you out. And remember, the farm department specifically has years of service. So whether it's new or used, tractors, combines, or short-line equipment, McFarland's is ready to help you all under one roof. Check it out. McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City, just off Highway 12. Welcome to the Middleton Farmers Cooperative. Powered locally since 1928. Your cooperative, serving the community with two Senex convenience stores, Do It Best Hardware Center, Feed Mill offering Vita Plus products, Agronomy Center, and Blue Dolphin Car Washes. Become a member today. Visit us on Pleasant View Road or University Avenue in Middleton or online at middletoncoop.com. Be our neighbor. Become a member. The Middleton Farmers Cooperative. Your cooperative. Stop by the Do It Best Center in Middleton and check out Grandpa Ray's Outdoor Products for nutrition and food plots that are natural and innovative. Also, check out Wags Hunting Scents for the freshest whitetail scents on the market. Wags keeps it simple. Be our neighbor. Become a member. The Middleton Farmers Cooperative. Your cooperative. In baseball, these are the moments that bring us to our feet. But the most important moment happens when we all stand together. United for a great cause. We once again join our partners Stand Up to Cancer in reaffirming a commitment to the fight against cancer. Since 2008, Major League Baseball, its fans, players, and coaches have delivered a powerful, determined message that we, together, will defeat cancer. I'm Matt Damon. I'm Candace Patton. Joe Manganiello. Jordana Brewster. Zachary Levi. I'm Uzo Aduba. Cancer has in some way touched all of us. So join Major League Baseball and stand up to cancer as we stand in honor of all loved ones affected by this disease. Visit standuptocancer.org slash MLB. Stand up with us. Are you ready for the next generation of body sculpting? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Current body shaping devices have addressed unwanted stubborn fat and skin laxity. But what if we want more muscle strength and toning? MSculpt is our new body sculpting device at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie that uses high intensity electromagnetic contractions with a 30 minute treatment described as equivalent to 20,000 crunches. MSculpt is approved for abdomen, arms, thighs, and calves. And it's also the world's first non-invasive butt toning and lifting procedure. 
MSculpt is a safe, effective addition to any workout program. The possibilities are endless. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need new windows. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 Years and 80 Minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 years of hindsight for 80 minutes of your time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. With the huge swing in temperatures from below zero to the upper 90s, Ganser Company has the only window made for Wisconsin climate. Infinity Windows from Marvin offer a lifetime warranty. Bring on the ice, wind, and the heat. Infinity Windows don't warp, crack, or fade like vinyl windows. Call today, 608-222-1243. Or stop into our showroom and see the Infinity Window Experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling the shine and diamonds but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days they may have that traditional feel that traditional customer service but they also have the new modern looks of today stop in and take a look at their jewelry case talk to the staff find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create go online goodmansjewelers.com Everlong brings us out of break. That's the walk-up music of our Badger Hockey Insider, Barry Richter. And our guy Strobes, associate head hockey coach, Mark Strobel. Hockey season is here. Morning, boys. Morning. morning. What's going on? Strobes, you need a... I think... Did we pick up a walk-up song for you, too? Was it Led Zeppelin? Uh, no, it's something. I think it was the Doors. Oh, the Doors. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah. the Backdoor Man. Strolls are big. <laughs> backdoor Man. So. Oh yeah, What's we know about that. Been? Doing good. Doing, doing great. Good. Doing great. Excited. Good to be here, and excited. The season is upon us. Uh, it is crazy to think about Strobes. I mean, it seems like yesterday you and I were just you know setting records out at the average Joe in June, and now here we are, you know, with a uh, a matchup. How quick do, do things move? You know, once once summer gets rolling and, and and the guys get back on campus before you get to this first game. Yeah, well, this one was unique, uh, having gone up to British Columbia to play two exhibition games, and we were allowed ten practices uh, prior to that. So we've been going, uh, you know, for us. Um, I think it's been a good tool to have uh, to, to execute that this year and uh, integrate the freshmen quickly and see what we have as far as line combinations, goaltending, deep pairs, and special teams. So um, definitely like what we see, and the boys worked hard this summer, that's for sure. And, Barry, he mentioned the freshmen, and I obviously want to get into the games this week and the season as a whole, but you know, people didn't follow the offseason. One of the, the biggest recruiting halls ever for a Badger hockey offseason. I mean, number one recruiting class, you got multiple first-round 
NHL picks. I mean, this is like uh, these cats hit the mother load, didn't they, in the recruiting uh, they did trail a good last job. year? And it's uh, you know, it's it's that's what it takes. It takes a long time, and uh, in, in in terms of the coaching staff getting on campus and getting the wings above them, and then uh, just recruiting and pounding the pavement. And I know uh, with Coach Strobel, Coach Osiki, and Tony, these guys work really, really hard getting out there, and now a little bit of a fruits of the labor showing. Got some highly touted players with some veterans, so I'm really excited. This really reminds me of some good teams back in the 90s, 80s that had some really yeah. skilled players, but also had some third and fourth year guys to help with some uh, stability. So, Strobes, I got to ask you what you do during the offseason. Richter and I, we go to concerts once in a while, and yep. you bail on us when I came to <laughs> Dude, you missed Greta was rising, Strobes. Come on, man. I've heard that. I, again, I'm probably working too much, that's all. <laughs> but. With with what we had going on with the BC trip, I think for us it was uh, you know we had to just change our schedules a little bit. And then there's constant recruiting uh, with USHL camps, and uh, Buffalo had uh, U15, U16, U17 select camps. Um, I did a camp in Denver. I did a camp in University of Minnesota, and then we had three weeks of our own camps. And then the draft happened, and Jesus. Next thing you know, we were up in British Columbia playing two games. So not much of a um, off season for me, but <laughs> no you know what? It's, it's well worth it, I think, and you'll see that uh, happen on the ice and in the classroom and in the community this year with the with the character that's been brought in. But also, you know, n- not to disregard uh, uh, our junior class that's coming back. Those guys have been here two years. They're excited. They want to win. They're competitive. Uh, Wyatt Kalanuck, our captain, Tarek Baker, an assistant, Sean Dugan, assistant. They're really going to be our leaders. They're going to be the guys we're going to lean on. Um, that has seen the culture change, that has set the culture now to hold the new guys accountable. And I thought we had a strong sophomore class. This freshman class, uh, again, has been well-received, integrated. They're highly, highly competitive, and they are skilled and fast. So I think you're going to see a Badger hockey team this year that's tenacious. Uh, They're going to be very competitive, intense. We're bullish on the point. And uh, Daniel Lebedev, for sure, and and Jack Berry are going to have to be uh, 91, 92% in the goal, you know. So uh, I love it, man. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Eves, uh, uh, we're talking no, with Mark uh, Strubble, associate head coach, and, and, and Barry Richter. So, Barry, I mean, the, 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 the rankings, we talked about number one. You know, g- give us some of the names. We saw a couple of these kids uh, drafted uh, high in the NHL draft. Like, give us some of the rundown of this uh, this recruiting class that's coming in. Well, you look at Caulfield, uh, you know, he broke all the you know, Patrick Kane's records and uh, at the USA program. I'm very, very highly touted as a quick release. I mean, Strobel's probably knows more than I do, but because uh, I've only, only watched uh, tape of the guy or maybe just seen a couple games here and there. But, uh, you know, having him with just a, a, a knack for the net, you, you know, is, is unbelievable. There's also uh, Turcotte. You know, I think he went fifth overall this year with the Kings. And, you know, some people might have said that maybe he wasn't going to come come to Wisconsin, go right to the NHL right away. So you have some players that can probably play in the NHL at this point in time. And I know Montreal wanted Caulfield. You know, there's always there's a lot of excitement up in Montreal, and especially with these guys going up to Vancouver. I mean, the Canadian hockey is like NFL times 10. It, it, it literally is like NFL times 10 up in Canada. Yeah. It is nuts. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 5.35 now on a fresh start to a Monday morning coming up before 6. Beth Schaefer from Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin is joining us. You probably don't realize how dairy farm families are supporting all those county dairy breakfasts that you enjoy June through the rest of the year. They're also behind the scenes for a lot of things at county fairs with the FFA Ag Education. Beth Schaefer who's in charge of those grassroots efforts in studio with us before 6. I'm Pam Yonke. 
Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Monday. So today is the 14th day of October. Did you know on this date in 1912, Theodore Roosevelt was shot in Milwaukee? He was in Wisconsin stumping as the presidential candidate of the new Independent Progressive Party. He was at uh, Milwaukee's Hotel Gilpatrick for a speaking engagement and uh, basically got hit in the right side of his chest. The bullet lodged in his chest wall. He went through the day continuing to campaign. Apparently, they said the only reason he lived is his medical or his metal spectacle case and a thick folded manuscript bounced the bullet back. They couldn't remove the bullet. He carried it with him the rest of his life. He said that day it's going to take more than one bullet to kill a bull moose. Did you know Theodore Roosevelt got shot in Milwaukee? This date, 1912. And now you know. That's what we're all about this morning. Speaking of president, the president took some time last week to wish farmers across the United States a safe harvest. Now, whether or not he realizes the weather conditions that farmers are up against is yet to be debated. But he did have words for farmers, not only about the harvest, but also how things are continuing to progress when it comes to international trade. Hello, this is President Trump speaking to you from the Oval Office at the White House. At this very busy time of the year for our nation's farmers, I want to wish you all a safe and bountiful harvest and thank you for the hard work you do every single day of your life to feed, clothe, and fuel America. You're outstanding people. You're our finest. From my first day in office, we have never stopped fighting for American farmers, ranchers, and growers. We are reversing decades of failed trade policies to give you the level playing field that you deserve. Only days ago, I signed a new trade agreement with Japan that slashes barriers for the export of American agriculture. We have negotiated with the European Union to increase exports of American soybeans and increase American beef exports 180 percent. We are replacing NAFTA with the brand-new U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. The USMCA will end unfair trade barriers for our farmers and expand export markets for agricultural products from coast to coast. Now it is time for Congress to finally approve this deal. We completely renegotiated the U.S.-Korea trade agreement, which was a disaster before I got involved, and secured new market access for American agriculture. My administration has also lifted Argentina's longtime bans on American pork and beef, and we opened markets in Australia, South Africa, Tunisia, Thailand, and all around the world. At the same time, We are taking long overdue steps to end decades of chronic Chinese trading abuses. After China sought to punish our farmers and ranchers, my administration responded with up to $28 billion in relief. That's a record, and it's the first time it's ever been done by a president. America will always stand strong with our farmers, and we will not let other countries push us around anymore. We've taken it for a long time, but it's not happening anymore. In everything we do, we are defending your jobs, your industry, and your cherished way of life. To stop Washington from micromanaging every drainage ditch, puddle, and pond on your property, we eliminated the ridiculous waters of the United States rule. When I did that, I figured I'd take a lot of heat because the title is good, but that's about the only thing that's good in it. It was very unfair. They were taking your property. They were closing your businesses. We ended it. 
I signed a historic farm bill increasing the amount that farmers can borrow to improve and expand their businesses. We lifted restrictions on ethanol to allow the sale of E15 all year round. Nobody else would have done it. Nobody else even came close. Only days ago, my administration announced an agreement on the renewable fuel standard. We will increase the volume of ethanol we blend into our fuel above 15 billion gallons, ensuring certainty for American producers. It's another thing that nobody else would have ever done for our farmers. Working with Congress, we have secured billions of dollars in relief for rural communities suffering from natural disasters and recent catastrophic flooding. Whether it's Iowa or Nebraska or any place else, you've suffered and we're taking care of it. American farmers are the stewards of a priceless tradition that has shaped our nation from the very, very beginning. You pour your heart, sweat, and soul into the soil of this country. You have always been loyal to America, and my administration will forever be loyal to you. I will not forget what you did for me in 2016, and you will not forget what I'm doing for you ever since. We will always stand by your side, and we will bring about a future of even greater prosperity, security, and freedom. Thank you, and may God bless you all. Those comments from President Donald Trump sent to farm broadcasters exclusively from the White House on Friday afternoon. We'll check in on markets next. I got 540 on the clock this Monday morning. Well, the markets on Friday were paying attention to some new reports out that show the United States trade deficit with China is as small as it's been in the past few months. Our exports hit a five-month high, which they say has only been possible because the two sides, both China and the United States, keep trying to resolve their trade war differences. The data released by the Commerce Department showed the trade gap shrank to a seasonally adjusted $28.9 billion. Exports increased by $10 billion, while imports dropped slightly to 38.9. So obviously still big numbers, but that did show a little bit of improvement. Now, the markets on Friday, despite the fact that corn actually finished lower for the week, we were up almost 4% overall. December corn closed four cents lower at 384 and three quarters. November soybeans were actually up four and a half. We gained almost 4% on our bean prices last week. November settled at 916 and a quarter. December wheat was up a penny and three quarters, 490 and a half. July new crop wheat, that finished three quarters of a cent higher on Friday, 507 a bushel. Barrel cheese on Friday gained two cents at 179. 40 pound block cheese, that dropped two and three quarter cents at 199 and a quarter. Double A butter, that finished unchanged, 218 and a half. The fluid milk contracts definitely took a shot. November milk finished the week down 33 cents at 1804 a hundred weight. December was down 26 at 1737. January milk down 19 at 1683 a hundred weight. You know, despite those negative numbers, Former U.S. Ag Secretary, now CEO of the U.S. Dairy Export Council, Tom Vilsack, is very optimistic about dairy and its long-term future. It doesn't really hinge on what's happening with trade disputes, but it does hinge on new product development and how desire for dairy around the world is going up. I had a chance to sit down and visit with him on the subject Friday at World Dairy Expo. That conversation coming your way next on a Monday morning. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Are you fairly fit but would love a little edge up? 
Are you entering middle age with a slowing metabolism and weak core? MSculpt may be your answer. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie is proud to be one of the first clinics in the area to offer this new muscle building technology called MSculpt. It's approved for building and toning abs, arms, butt, thighs, and calves. MSculpt works. One 30-minute treatment can be equivalent to 20,000 crunches or 20,000 squats. It's safe, effective, and painless with virtually no downtime. Sound too good to be true? Visit Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie to learn more. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need new windows. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 Years and 80 Minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 years of hindsight for 80 minutes of your time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. With the huge swing in temperatures from below zero to the upper 90s, Ganser Company has the only window made for Wisconsin climate. Infinity Windows from Marvin offer a lifetime warranty. Bring on the ice, wind, and the heat. Infinity Windows don't warp, crack, or fade like vinyl windows. Call today, 608-222-1243. Or stop into our showroom and see the Infinity Window Experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer. If Old McDonald was real and actually had a farm, she'd talk about it. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Time again to talk with our friends from Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Always wanting to make sure that our Wisconsin dairy farm families know exactly what they're doing with your money to advance the industry. And I'm happy to have in studio with me today one of the gals that I've gotten a chance to watch work in the field, quite literally. Her name is Beth Schaefer. She's a regional manager for Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. And she has an awful lot of responsibilities under her wing that really are the face of what many people know as Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Beth, thanks for making the trip in. First, we want to start with something that I think everybody's seen or sees, but many take for granted, and that is our beloved June dairy celebrations. Actually, in Wisconsin, our dairy celebrations happen all year long, but June is the month when we really key in on things. And that all basically started with the old milk marketing board and today's Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. You guys are the coordinators on that, but some changes potentially. Tell me about it. All right. So when we think about National Dairy Month or June Dairy Month, whatever you want to call it, we kind of see that image of a dairy farm breakfast, which Wisconsin we own it in a way that other states envy, and uh, we dream in cheese in this state, so we celebrate it, not just in June, but really all year long. And um, those those events have been around for 25 years. This was kind of the anniversary year. But what a lot of people don't realize is that there is no Oz behind the mat, you know, the curtain coordinating every single one of these. These are grassroots initiatives where we have volunteers um, all over the state 
planning these events. Um, they're they're planning now. We get requests now. It's you know October, November, and you know they're wanting to know you know what's the theme. When can we get our information on the website? So. The June Dairy Celebration or National Dairy Month Celebration, Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin provides kind of the theme um, and kind of that overarching umbrella for um, for groups to tap into resources, talk points, radio, PSAs, things like that. But um, those county events, those town events, those are all volunteer grassroots driven, and that's um, – Absolutely an incredible thing to have literally tens of thousands of volunteers out every June dairy month um, in January in snowstorms going to meetings to plan these incredible events where we celebrate Wisconsin dairy and our Wisconsin dairy farmers. So uh, June dairy month is is really kind of the the shining star of a lot of our grassroots events, but uh, really they happen all year long. Absolutely. And one thing that people may not understand is uh, you are particularly going to be working to make sure the message back to those counties is a little bit more consistent. Uh, aside from the theme, there's a lot of, I'll call it collateral, that Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin tries to provide to counties if they request it through channels. Uh, maybe it's a recipe card, uh, could be a banner, all kinds of different things. It's been a little scattered from time to time as far as how, who, where, what, and you're really going to try to make a concerted effort to get her lined up for 2020. Yes, we are very excited. I have been charged with bringing our grassroots efforts onto uh, kind of into alignment with uh, all of the national and in-state promotion happening with Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. So what you see on with Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin Facebook um, is what you're going to see in your grocery store uh, with the, the dairy aisle, what you're going to see um, even um, out of state uh, where we work with a lot of uh, different, different in- entities, uh, a lot of it facing with Wisconsin cheese. But um, when we, we think about all of the messaging that happens with grassroots, um, it's all very, very different. And, and I think that's what, what makes them so unique and so amazing is their drive and their passion. And uh, we are going to work, when I say we, I, <laughs> I have the task of you know joining forces with these groups um, and giving them some guidance and some clarity. So you, you and I had discussed off air that you know, we're, we're putting together a handbook for the very first time for grassroots organizations so that they have uh, a list of exactly what to expect from dairy farmers of Wisconsin and the, the, the words of, you said, assets. So things like um, the kits that we use for National, National Dairy Month or uh, funding application form. And this morning, uh, we've, we have our excellence in dairy applications. So really just providing a clear timeline, a clear clear menu of options for support materials, clear menu for digital resources for Facebook, social, things like that. And and on the flip side, it's a chance for us to say, you know what, our dairy farmer dollars are going into these programs and this is what we expect. We need to know uh, you're doing amazing things. We just need some more metrics to share out because in a year from now, I'm really excited to go in front of our board and say, this is how many people we had at a June Dairy Breakfast. And even better, this is how many volunteers are out busting their butts to yep. share the dairy message. So our grassroots or, uh, programming is is really kind of getting a, a hard look to make sure that we are doing the very best with dairy farmer dollars. Absolutely. And like we said, the Beth Schaefer, a regional manager for Dairy Farms of Wisconsin in studio with us, the June Dairy Breakfasts are really just a very thin slice of what those grassroots outreach 
opportunities look like. You know, let us not forget about the presence that Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin has at county fairs, state fairs, uh, the 4-H, the FFA. And you, again, are charged with all those activities, like you said, sometimes like herding cats, just to keep all these programs going. I don't know that people necessarily think of 4-H, FFA, county fairs when they think of Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Well, and, the, you know, what's great about that is, uh, you know, we have such a deep reach because of our volunteer base. Yeah. Um, there's absolutely no way that, you know, the staff in Madison or regional staff like myself could get to all of those events and have the impact that our volunteer grassroots organizations have. Because when you think about dairy and the impact on local communities, mm-hmm. That message has to come from within. It, uh, as much as I would love to be there, praising, you know, cheering and lean the lean the cheers of the the, the beauty of dairy and the importance of the inco- the economy and our rural communities. It is so much more meaningful when it comes from those within your community, and that's why we really believe in the grassroots program. So it's beyond just our county dairy promotion groups, which we have sixty three independent groups that kind of function under the title Dairy Promotion Group, but we partner with um, 4-H. Just this past uh, week at World Dairy Expo, the National 4-H Dairy Conference came to town, and we were uh, we were a part of that. We promoted, we supported financially, um, and those, those kids walked away with uh, materials, you know, with Wisconsin uh, Dairy Impact, with Wisconsin Messaging. Um, and what was awesome, those kids from the National 4-H Dairy Conference found us in the booth at World Dairy Expo and we had so many personal thank yous from kids from all across the United States. So it was um, very, it's appreciated. Um, and these are our future dairy leaders. So it's really important that we invest in the future of our, of our community. And you know, along the same lines, that's where we partner with FFA and agriculture education. A lot of people don't know that Wisconsin ag educators uh, are wearing about as many hats as farmers. Uh, as a former teacher, I'm going to do yeah. some bragging on them. Um, they have not only the responsibility of teaching dairy in the classroom, um, both the, the maybe the nutritional benefits, mm-hmm. but definitely the day-to-day, the the the, uh, the many careers, animal careers, husbandry things that go with it. But they're also leading FFA members who are ag education students um, in leading field trips and presenting to elementary students in um, educating their peers. So we've reached out to agriculture education um, through the Wisconsin FFA Foundation. We sponsor some of the SAE or supervised agriculture experience grants to get kids interested and and really put kids in the position to be the next generation of dairy farmers through um, grants. But we also support through things like Food for America, which is the farm tours that happen um, in anywhere from K through eight, and some I was at one last week uh, near the Wausau area, but a lot of them happen in the spring. But those are just fantastic opportunities to bring students to the farm, have the education happen, not from a teacher, but from those students who are intimately involved in those projects. So we really believe strongly in partnering with those grassroots programs, whether it be FFA, 4-H, uh, and even uh, especially our county dairy promotion groups. Like I said, sometimes you forget how many things are going on behind the scenes when I say dairy farmers of Wisconsin. But now I'm guessing that Beth probably touched on at least one, if not more than one item you've been exposed to, you've been involved with or you will be involved with come 2020. And like she said, she's coordinating it all, making sure that the messaging, the images, that all of it is coming together on behalf of our dairy farm families all across the state.